the leader of the unofficial opposition. Ryan Lilly is on your side. Beyond the News on News Talk 580 CFRA. U.S. President Donald Trump's impromptu appearance on Fox and Friends this morning, (laughs) never mind his stroll down across the White House lawn to go meet up with Steve Ducey. All of these interactions with the media produced an awful lot of clips. And that included an exchange between Ducey and Trump on how the G7 went and specifically the relationship with Canada. I want to play you. This is an extended clip. It's about a minute, but I want to play this before we get to Jeffrey Johnston from the Kingston Week Standard because it um, it's going to have a couple of things in there that show you where Trump's mindset is. And it's, it's always important to know the mindset of the person that you are doing business with, negotiating with, what have you. So here it is from earlier this morning. That didn't end so well. No, it ended well for the United States. It ended well. Well, the world community thinks the United States is turning our back on them. No, but no, your no. opinion is that it's you got elected to represent America, and America needs help. We need protection. Everybody's taking advantage of us. The European Union made 151 billion dollars on us last year. The uh, if you look at I told you about China, you look at Japan, you look at South Korea, you look at so many, and we help these countries militarily on top of everything else. I mean, you know, at what point does it stop? And when I left China, it was absolutely a fantastic meeting. We left, we hugged, we kissed. Everybody was leaving, and then I get onto Air Force One, and the Prime Minister up there, Trudeau, didn't think I guess that we have any televisions on Air Force One, but they have, I think, 21 televisions or some ridiculous number. And, and so I you in. saw it and you hit no, the roof. Well, you have to understand, we're hugging, we're saying goodbye, everybody's happy. I made changes to right. the agreement because I wanted it to be much better for the United States. I made changes, we're all happy. And then he got up and started saying that he doesn't want to be pushed around by the United yeah. States. Well, they charge us almost 300% on dairy products. Right. So we can't do that. Have stuff. you heard from any of the yeah, G7? I, they all called me to wish me a happy birthday yesterday. <laughs> they all called him to wish him a happy birthday yesterday. Um, so I, I, there's some sort of relationship still going there. Is it the old special relationship that we used to have? I actually don't think it's been that way for some time. I think that Canadians overplay that. Let's bring on Jeffrey Johnston from the Kingston Whig Standard, who writes about this very issue in his latest uh, column for the paper. Jeffrey, um, uh, smacking each other down through the media and then calling to wish him a happy birthday. Uh, it's quite the week, isn't it? Oh, man. You know, I tell you, we've talked about this many times on the show. This is not the way to manage the Canadian-American relationship. This is this goes against all the norms. And this is why I've said time and again, it's best if the relationship is not managed at the leader's level. You I don't think, want the president... You, you and I disagree on that. It, but this but, is what happens. It, it goes off the rails, stuff like this. But, it's better but, if you have it lower key. Like, or earlier okay, today, I, I, I would agree with you. If we were in a regular situation, but this is a guy who makes decisions without talking to anybody by just tweeting it out. 
Yes, and this is a problem, and, and he's not talking to his own people. So today, there was uh, a positive development uh, in PEI. Um, uh, the, our agriculture minister, uh, Mr. McCauley, is meeting with their secretary of agriculture, Sonny Perdue. And Mr. Perdue, uh, who is uh, a booster of North American trade, and he believes in liberalized trade, uh, stated today um, to CBC News that, to give CBC credit, stated to CBC News that... Uh, the United States does not want to dismantle supply management. His point was, and it was a very reasonable point, he goes, it's not for us to dictate uh, your, your supply system. We just don't want Canadians overproducing and then dumping uh, solid milk products on the American uh, market and depressing the market price. So that is a big uh uh, there's a lot of sunlight between uh, the agriculture secretary and President Donald Trump because it, it sounds like Mr. Trump wants to get rid of supply management. And so this is why the but Canadians hold, are saying we can tweak supply management. Hold, hold, hold on. I, I, and I kept hearing this all day. Uh, we got to talk to Purdue because he's a real free trader and we need a real free trader. How can you claim that you need a real free trader while charging 270 percent tariff on anything? Okay, let me let me get in 2017, Canada was the largest agricultural market, export market for the United States. Uh, the Americans exported and, and I get that, but I'm just saying how, how how can you say I'm all about free trade, so we got to talk to this guy cuz he's a free trader so that we can defend our protectionist system. Okay, so- you're Con- okay, cog- so, uh, cognitive dissonance is happening. My head's going to explode. Okay, so here, here's the deal. When we talk about free trade, there is actually no such thing as free trade. Uh, there are tariff barriers, non-tariff barriers. Um, there are regulations that you know determine the size of a, a piece of lumber or um, you know safety regulations and whatnot. And you know all these things are used to control trade. There's no such thing as a, a truly it's open market. It's managed trade. It's managed trade. So when we say free trade, it's a it's a cliche. Okay, it's liberalized trade. So what we have is a um, a liberalized uh, World Trading org- Organization. We have something called the World Trade Organization, and uh, the United States is a party to that. So is Canada. China, um, during the Clinton years, ascended to the World Trade Organization. The concern is that this isn't just about supply management. This isn't just about those 270% um, tariffs uh, that Mr. Trump is, is talking about, or the, the, the su- massive subsidies American farmers get. This is a, a broader concern that the Trump administration is no longer committed to a rules-based, liberalized trading system. And there is well, now concern in Europe that he's setting the stage for a withdrawal from the World Trade Organization. I, I think what he wants is to change the rules. He's not against rules. He just doesn't like the ones that are there, and he wants to change them. Um, I think he wants to actually tear the system down. It, which I could, think that's what we're headed for. There could be good with that. There could be bad with that. It depends. Uh, well, it depends it, on what he wants to replace it with. What's the old saying? Don't uh, tear down a fence until you find out why it was put up. Um, here, here, here's why it's bad. Um, in 1945, when the, the post-Second World War order was established, uh, the, the Americans, along with their allies, became Bretton Woods. It's a lovely part of New Hampshire. That's right, the Bretton Woods Agreements, and we and they they crafted these institutions out of Bretton out of these Bretton Woods Agreements. So we got the World Bank and the the IMF, and we and we got uh, uh, eventually a, a global financial order which favors the West, including Canada. Now you have China on the rise, and for the last 
um, 10 years or so, China has been slowly but surely chipping away at that Western-based order. And, 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 and guess and who's so, helping them? Well, Justin Canada's Trudeau helped. and Bill Morneau. Yes, and I've been very critical. Putting of the billions into this uh, Asian uh, Development Bank, which is a counterweight to the World Bank. Yeah, and exactly. And and more countries are going to start to avail themselves of that because in the 1990s we had um, debt forgiveness, but we also required uh, indebted countries to undertake certain liberalized, <clears throat> excuse me, trading reforms. And so, the World Bank and the IMF aren't terribly popular right now in the developing world. The difference is the the order the Chinese put in place is going to be not favorable to us. And the Chinese, for example, don't even like terms like, you know, gross domestic product and gross national products. And when you go into discussions with them, they refuse to even use this. So the system they will put together will be very different. But the thing is, today, Brian, the United States isn't nearly as dominant in 2018 as it was in 1945. In 20 years, China could have the biggest economy in the world. And if if we're just going to go right is might, that's going to be very bad for the United States, Canada, and other Western countries when China has got the biggest economy in the world and they decide they're going to set the rules of the game. So that's why today we want a rules-based system. And that's why Canada always wants a rules-based system with the United States in our bilateral trade. Now, with all that said, in my article today, I talk about the Canadian-American interdependent trading relationship. We are more dependent on them than they are on us. But with that said, they are mutually dependent on us. And in a trade war or any dispute with the United States, the more vulnerable party can retaliate if it's willing to absorb punishment. And sometimes Canada can get its way. As I say, we are the number one export market for the uh, uh, American agricultural sector. And so if they want to start throwing around tariffs, we can hit back pretty hard if we're willing to take the pain. Jeffrey, I'm going to take a quick break, and I want to come back because I I want to challenge this assertion that it's just now that the special relationship between Canada and the United States is under attack. I think it has been for, for several years, and we complain about it now because there's a Republican in charge. And I don't disagree that it's under attack, I'm just my view is that we are selective in our outrage. We'll talk about that when we come back. Jeffrey Johnson from the Kingston Week Standard on the line with us. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. Insurgent. Believe it. The resistance is here. Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. News Talk 580 CFRA. You really don't want to see my one-legged standing up. I'm not chair dancing. I'm standing up dancing to the Happy Mondays and Step On. It's a Friday night here on Beyond the News. Uh, you you got to get into it with the, the club music. Jeffrey Johnston from the Kingston Week Standard joins us. Don't know if you're into the Happy Mondays, Jeffrey, but... I'm tapping my Star Wars pen right now to the music. The uh, You write about the special relationship between Canada and the United States, and I, I just think that while there is one, and there long has been one, it's not what Canadians think, and I think that we overplay it. I don't I don't know how many times I've listened to you know, we always call uh, America our closest ally, and then they meet with the Brits and say they're their closest ally. 
you know, we're like the the little brother that everyone forgets. And, and, and we can get upset by that. And we can be very touchy about that. But I think that we overplay this. And you think back to the Obama years, whether we're talking about uh, Buy America provisions, Softwood before he came in, um, the, the refusal on Keystone XL. Nobody, for the most part, the country didn't rise up. The media didn't scream about it. It was, oh, well, he's making these decisions. When there's a Republican in charge, everything is a slight and we jump up and down and scream, Canadians would have reelected Obama even though he was more protectionist than Donald Trump in some measures. Well, those are all good points. And I do want to say that, uh, yeah, Britain and the United States are close allies, but we have the closest, most intertwined relationship of any two countries in the world. So even and, though, And I, I know that, but unfortunately too often American political leaders don't. No, that's true. And and so even through all this stuff with Mr. Trump and Mr. Trudeau, there's all kinds of cooperation going on every day. We manage the Great Lakes together. We we manage the secure border together. You know, there's so much we do together and and we and we work hand in glove. Is it every 12 hours that we're in charge of the skies over all of North America? Yeah. Every 12 or 36 or whatever it is. And by the way, uh, there was a, a death threat against the American ambassador, uh, Ambassador Kraft. And, uh, despicable. Uh, despicable. And uh, Foreign Affairs Minister uh, Christia Freeland uh, immediately said that, you know, uh, we're, we're close allies and this, this is just terrible and uh, we really appreciate all the good work. So you know, I want to make it clear that Canadians think very highly of Americans and whoever did this does not represent the people of Canada. Now, regarding the special relationship, so basically the special relationship is this this uh, quiet diplomacy, low-key, bureaucratic uh, way of dealing with things. And uh, sometimes, yes, we do deviate from that. And during the uh, Harper-Obama years, um, Mr. Obama kept tap dancing around Keystone XL, uh, whether he was going to approve it or not. And Stephen Harper, um, the prime minister at the time, um, deviated from the norms when he, he became very frustrated. And he actually spoke out and publicly criticized Barack Obama for uh, dragging his heels. And he lectured Mr. Obama on the importance of that. And that did not go over well with the Americans. That that really was... Not, he, Obama was never going to uh, uh, agree to... Uh, Authorize the pipeline. But he Mr. had Harper, too much money coming from Hollywood. No, well, that's true. But Mr. Harper probably should have refrained from that. Now, during the the uh, Mulroney years and Ronald Reagan years, uh, we had a huge dispute, much bigger than the supply management dispute, much bigger than Keystone XL, and that was the acid rain dispute. Um, we had um, acid rain falling on Canada, and it was destroying our lakes, rivers, and forests. And it was a major economic and environmental issue. And at least half of the acid rain was being caused by uh, sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide emissions coming from the United States. And President Ronald Reagan didn't want to do anything about it. So uh, Mr. Mulroney uh, engaged in uh, high-level diplomacy with uh, Mr. Reagan. They had the famous Shamrock Summit, and he, he really cultivated him at the highest level. But nothing really came of it. They they appointed envoys to study it. But it wasn't until uh, George H.W. Bush uh, came into power, uh, and he had a much more environmental outlook. Actually, he was uh, Republican, but he was a green president, one of the greenest presidents of all time. And he signed an acid grain agreement with us, but we kept it low-key. And that's an example of where um, I think the quiet diplomacy actually works instead of doing these high-level gamuts. And the problem with a guy like Donald Trump is that 
he's not terribly well briefed, and he sometimes likes to make up facts. Let's be let's be clear. He talks mm-hmm. about fake news, but he he makes a lot of stuff up a lot of the time, and he leaves his own people hanging. Um, out to dry. <laughs> the EPA director Pruitt doesn't know if he's going to have a job tomorrow. Yeah, and so you you never know what's going to happen with the agriculture sector uh, secretary, Mr. Purdue, when he gets home. I mean, is Mr. Trump going to you know rip a strip off his back, or he's going to say, "Oh, Sonny, actually, you did a pretty good job." Or did Mr. Trump send Mr. Purdue out to try to calm everything down? But then Mr. Trump goes on Fox News and 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 lips off to people. So I think going forward, the Canadian government. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think we should probably be engaging Trump at the highest level anymore because we don't know if what he says is true. Because remember when yeah, Justin but, but Trudeau... But my, my argument for it, and I want to ask you about Trudeau and Trump in a minute, my argument for it is that we keep sending in Christy Freeland, and other than her comparing Trump to uh, Nazis in the New York Times on the weekend... Okay, now that I was think a deviation for quiet diplomacy. She shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I'll call her out on that. She shouldn't I, have done that. That was stupid. But I think she's done very well managing this file, difficult file. wasn't crazy about her speech, but it wasn't an awful speech the other day in Washington. But for the most part, she's done a good job. She's exceeded my expectations. But she can go and negotiate all she wants, and then something will annoy Trump, and he'll just rip up whatever is put in front of him. That's why I think it's got to go to that. But let me ask you about this, this blow up at the G7. Uh, and this is an idea that you know it, it came from CBC and Don Linehan, who who works for with Canada 2020, and and these are all left wing sources pointing out that Trump agreed to waive the sunset clause, and it was Trudeau standing up and saying we won't be pushed around and we won't sign anything with the sunset clause after he had given him a concession that he wanted that set him off. Do you put any credence in that? Well, it could very well be true that Mr. Trump agreed to waive the sunset clause. I saw the same reports, and if he did agree to waive the sunset clause, then that was a uh, a major stumbling block removed from the, the NAFTA negotiating table. So that would have been huge. We talked about the sunset clause a couple of weeks ago, because there's no way we can have that sunset clause, because investors would not want to go through this process every five years, so the investment would just leave Canada. So it's huge that if he waived that. Um, with that said, there was nothing Trudeau said uh, in that press conference that he hadn't said before. And I will also say this, when Trudeau went down to Washington in 2017, Mr. Trump said to reporters and Mr. Trudeau, well, it's just going to be a tweak to NAFTA. And mm-hmm. then we turned out later it wasn't just a tweak. So the problem is Mr. Trump says one thing and then to your face, and then when he gets back home, it becomes something very different. So we don't know if he was actually going to waive it because, you know, maybe they would have, uh, his officials would have pulled him back and said, no, 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 you can't agree with that. Now that's happened to other presidents. Ronald Reagan in a meeting with Gorbachev agreed to to consider a, a proposal which was not in America's interest. And then uh, his officials talked to him and then later in the meeting with Gorbachev, uh, Reagan said it was not, that the proposal was not on. So we don't really know if, if, if Trump knew what he was talking about with all that said, uh, the Trudeau government, because um, I was recently interviewing this week uh, a former world leader, in an off-the-record conversation, uh, they also met with the Trudeau cabinet. The, the Trudeau people were, you know, aghast. They were literally about to raise a glass and communicate, and, and they were flabbergasted when they saw the, the Trump tweets. It caught them. 
totally off guard. They were totally blindsided. And this was truly blindsided. And this is coming from a trusted source. So I, I, I don't think they thought they were provoking Mr. Trump. Uh, and it was pretty mild. The thing is, Mr. Trump, I think, is looking to pick a fight. And as I say, I think he wants to reorder the world trade order. And I think this I, is a, a convenient way to, to do that by you know picking a, an easy target like Canada. I just look at, uh, at that explanation. As I say, it all comes from left-wing progressive sources. I look at that because... I, I listened to Trudeau's news conference. I couldn't figure out what set him off. And and I'm trying to understand because if you don't understand, you're not going to move forward. Jeffrey, we're what we're past time. I got to get to the news. But great talking to you as always, my friend. And uh, do read Jeffrey Johnson's column in the Kingston Week Standard. I've tweeted it out already. Check it out. Read it. Share it. Post it on Facebook. Do what you can. I'm Brian Lilly. This is Beyond the News. If you miss Brian Lilly, don't worry. Everyone else will catch up next week. This is Beyond the News with Brian Lilly. News Talk 580 CFRA.